How about now? How about now? How about you know, now? You're you're a little bucket of penises, Roger. Oh, we're live. <laughs> that was that was outstanding to me. I have to I have to say. Which part? The bucket of penises? Yes. Thank you. I do what I can. Especially calling have, Roger that. Well, I mean, you know, how else is it supposed to go? <laughs> you almost gave Roger away the other day. No, I told you to have to pry him out of my cold, dead hands. But you offered him up for, for a Tokai Les Paul. Well, that's you said it was $8,000. Roger, I think, is worth more than that, but he is chewing on something right now. Um, yeah, it's one of his toys. He's good. Uh, oh, He's okay. Good. We still only have two people here. I don't like this. We only have one person now. It's even worse. That means that you Maybe were the, the other person sharing it to your page. I'm sharing it right now. Actually, I haven't done it yet, so. Oh, well, then the other person was just like, yeah, cool, and I'm out. <laughs> They're like, not Man, these guys again. I thought I was done with them. Right? I mean, like, we're back. Is that noise your your heater in the background now? Prob probably. You know, you and your HVAC system, you know, you need to put a muzzle on that. I can't wait for spring when we'll actually have, like, quiet you know, quiet podcast. Hey, let me tell you something. If it was up to what? me, the heater wouldn't even be on. Well, but is she around? Uh, not at the moment, but you know damn well if I shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Right, Raj? <laughs> All right. My, like literally it looks like a like a like a toddler exploded in this living room today like his toys are absolutely everywhere there's nothing that i could do about it today <laughs> he's just in one of those moods well it's not that he's in one of those moods he's just he's always like that it's just that i didn't have time to do anything about it today like here we go another toy uh you know just i keep putting him in his dog bed and he just keeps coming back you're like, ah, I'm going to throw these everywhere. And next thing you know, there's 75 toys all over the place because I spoil them. So, you know, there's that. Um, right. You know, could could a third person come in? Please just lie to me. Just lie to me. And and you know, third, uh, just give me give me a third person. I can't That's even all. believe that we're begging for a third person. It's because we've been off the air. People are out of the routine. Cause, exactly. Because remember, I we wanted had, like, to come back. I wanted to come back last week. It's was like, I'm in Florida. I don't yeah. come until later today. Oh. Well, well, like I said, you know, I didn't get to start my vacation on December 14th like you did. That's not my fault, buddy. <laughs> you know, no, but you can be empathetic. But I gave you, I, look, you had the time off to sell, sell, sell. Sell, sell, and, sell. And you did not. You went to Florida for part of it anyway, so it didn't matter. I sold, sold, sold. You sold some, some. Some, some, some. <laughs> some, some, some. Uh, like all of us. You know what, Roger? I'm going to punch you in the head. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not punching Roger in the head. But there's the toy again. All right. We're down to one person now. I think even Gall McCartney left us. Mark Garney was here. Gall Mark, McCartney was here. But now everybody's gone. I what like this. Mark Garney had some comments, too. He did. He was listening to Butch Walker as Glenn. Good man. Uh, as he was waiting for the show to start, and uh, then he, uh, 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 let's see, Collective Soul. He was talking about Collective Soul, and he was talking about his favorite '90s band, which was Collective Soul. Um, and I, I just, I don't, 
it, now I'm getting a reminder. Be ready to start a live video at 6 p.m. Well, yeah, guess what? I started it. Oh, there's three. There oh, we go. there's three. Somebody Play lied it. to me. All Play right. It. Here we go. Cover to Covered is a podcast that features two idiots talking about music at length, and occasionally a dog does make an appearance. There will also be special guests from time to time that will show up, and they will be smarter than the hosts. And the hosts will give their opinions. By the way, they are exactly that. Opinions. They are not truths, they are not fallacies, and they do not reflect the views or opinions of their employers or those they employ. So with that, just enjoy the damn show. Couldn't start the show without a little tribute to Jeff Beck. Got to spill a little out. Absolutely, I, um, I love the uh, I love the uh, moment of silence for for yeah. a minute there at the outro or the intro. Got to have it there. I was I was actually if I had time and I didn't, I was going to do a moment of feedback. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> but, but it's hey, we we did something and uh, yeah, what a what a loss, man. And and uh, I I actually think that some people can't even grasp what a loss it is i think unless you you can be a fan of of jeff beck and his amazing music and his catalog but i think unless you've played the guitar this is this is like losing jesus or the guy who cuts my lawn <laughs> he spells it this way no yes. i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm not i'm gonna get in trouble for that one um yeah that that's that's it's a big loss. I'll admit, I'll freely admit, I was never a big Jeff Beck fan, but that didn't mean I didn't like Jeff Beck or appreciate what he did. I mean, the guy was uh, titanic in the guitar world. I mean, like, the the problem was, and I, and I call it a problem only because he didn't get the amount of recognition that, you know, th there was this trio, right? It was Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck. They all play guitar in the Yardbirds. That was the tying connection. They all, you know, came out about the same time. They're all amazing guitar players. But Eric Clapton and Jimmy Page were far more commercially accepted. Jeff Beck, while he did some things that were commercially, you know, viable, for the most part, he was a guitarist guitarist. Yep. You know, he was a musician's musician. He played with the best musicians on the planet. And you and I know musicians that are amazing, that play with other amazing musicians, like generally don't make any money. Like, because yep. <laughs> it's yeah. about the musicianship. It's about the art. So he created a lot of art. But I don't, you know, and look, he did well. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, the guy played with Rod Stewart for years. I mean, you know. He's probably the most famous guitar player's guitarist or most successful um in terms of like when he came to town i don't know what it was like in california but when he came to town here he was playing the big amphitheater usually on a co-headlining bill 
with somebody. So yeah. it's not like, you know, Steve Vai, when he was here last, he was playing like the second level room at the Masonic uh, <laughs> temple, which holds like 1200 people. So, and of course, Vi, that's not taking anything away from him. I'm just no, saying to just your a point, audience, yeah. you know, you know, people, the thing is like somebody like Jeff Beck, people from the sixties and seventies and early eighties would listen to Jeff Beck and they would continue to go see Jeff Beck. People that listen to Vi and were Vi disciples go backwards too. And they appreciate what Jeff Beck did. Yeah. So that's why you have that sort of thing. People from the Jeff Beck school of guitar, while they might appreciate what Steve Vi does on guitar, it's not, it's not in their wheelhouse. So they don't really, not that they don't get it. It's just not the same. Yeah. for them whereas steve Vai and his fan base they look backwards because that's the that's where it came from yep you know so i i it's it's a huge loss from the music world it's a shocking loss yeah like it came out of left field yeah you know and he died yesterday and we're just hearing about it today so it's it's kind of interesting um you know but it, it is a great loss and, and um you know of course, heartfelt condolences to the Jeff Beck fan base out there and, and the, the hardcore community that loved everything that he did and to his family and to the guitar world in general and music world in general. They lost, you know, one of the greats. Yeah. You know, and, he, and he's always spoken, always spoken in the same sentences again as Clapton, Page, Hendrix, you know, Beck, like, you know. And all those guys would tell you. He's the best one of all yeah. of them. Yeah. Clapton, Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix, all those guys. Oh, yeah. They, they would say Beck is the master, and he was for sure. No, no doubt about it. And yeah. what, what I think is, is, is fascinating about him, it was his ability, especially in the early years, to continue to move forward and just, you know, push the envelope. And, you know, he started, obviously, like as you mentioned, the Yardbirds is more like blues based r&b music and then of course moving into the blues rock of the jeff beck group with rod stewart and ronnie wood and then to do the bba record which is it blows my mind that a lot of people that's not on their radar the beck uh, jeff beck tim bogart carmine a piece or apathy depending on how you like to pronounce it the one of the best power trios of all time they the the band lasted like three months because <laughs> yeah, they were because exactly. you know a lot of big personalities in there but just absolutely yeah. phenomenal record and then and then of course back moving into the fusion style stuff that that nobody in that world had really done they hadn't brought exactly. it to the to the to the forefront and of course jeff back with jan hammer live yes. amazing blow by blow wired all those records are total game changers and then he continued in the 80s even to start using you know different technology and effects and all kinds of crazy stuff and another great power trio record of course that all guitar players port to is guitar shop with uh terry basio on drums and uh bass was was it tony franklin playing bass i can't remember who's playing bass but phenomenal um you know, just a guy that never rested on his laurels, always wanted to get better and push it further and further and, and find where that instrument can go. And uh, I think that's what, what makes him the greatest. You know, in, in guitar shops, you have that conversation all the time. Well, who's the best of all time? Well, yeah. of course, that's relative and, and, yes. and uh, opinion. But uh, 
I, I, I don't know if there's anybody that did what they, what he did for the instrument. Yeah. Maybe Hendrix, know, you know, other than well, that. Hendrix. Yes, for sure. I mean, you know, and look, I mean, th there are, again, it's very subjective, right? It's extremely subjective. You know, again, I, I wasn't a huge Beck fan, but I didn't take anything away from him at all. Like, I'm not like a, like a Beck hater at all. I mean, I thought he was amazing. It just, it just didn't, it didn't do it for me as much. I, you know, maybe I just couldn't get past the not playing with a pick thing. I, I don't, but the thing <laughs> is what he did without a pick was absolutely phenomenal. I just didn't come from that world and that's okay. You know, but one of the, one of the greatest videos that uh, like, you know, concert videos, when I was working for another company before uh, moving out to California, we had videos playing all the time on TV screens. And we had this great DVD of uh, a concert video of Jeff Beck. It was him, uh, uh, Vinnie Coliuda on drums and, uh, Tal, uh, Wickenfeld. Yes. I think that's how you say your name, uh, playing bass. And first of all, she's a ridiculous bass player. And Incredible. A ridiculous drummer. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Jeff above it all. That's the Ronnie Scott's jazz club concert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So thank you for filling in that blank. And he just like tore it up. But the thing is the, the one reason maybe why Jeff Beck didn't, grab more people is because he didn't do it. He was a flashy player, but he didn't show it, you know, like in the sense of a physicality, he was never like the guy putting his arm up in the air and I'm number one and like ripping the guitar and spinning around and falling on the floor and doing all the acrobatics. He just stood up there. He did his business. He got into it, yeah. but he just, he did his business. He got into it and, and, and got out. And that's what he did. He's just like, I'm focusing on my playing. I'm going to give the best performance I can from a musical point of view. And you have to respect that too, because he was just like, I don't care about this other stuff. You know, I care about the music. I care about the art. I care about the, the performance and giving that great performance every night on every album, on every song, on whatever he's ever done. So, you know, Rest in peace, Jeff Beck. Yes. I mean, uh, you know, no, nothing more can really be said about such a, I mean, well, there's a lot more that could be said, <laughs> but I don't know if we're the people to say it necessarily, you know, and maybe we'll have a Jeff Beck retrospective uh, episode down the road, which means I need to listen to a lot more music. <laughs> but uh, I will say that on the ride home, I was listening to Beck's Bolero and I was just like, yep, yep. And that was from the sixties. Never mind what he did everything after. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So that leaves really of like the great guitar heroes, the like the ones that that everybody knows, even if you don't play the instrument. That leaves Paige and Clapton left. Yep, and Paige just had a birthday. He just turned eighty. Uh seventy. I know. I think he was a year. He's a year older than Beck, so he turned so seventy nine yesterday. So Beck would have yeah. passed on his birthday. Jeez. Yeah. <sighs> Shame, 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 shame. But you know, time mark time stops for no one. Yep, that's all it just says. Time stops for no one, and it seems as like the beginning of every year. There's always that bomb dropping, and a few years ago it was it was Bowie right around this time. Yeah, that was uh, seven know, years ago yesterday. Seven years ago yesterday. There you go. So, oh. and then Neil Peart was on the seventh in 2019. 2020. So, 2020. Sorry, 20. It was 2020. It was 2020. Yeah. Um, and still, I mean, like January sucks. 
Yep. <laughs> Let's just say it. You know, if you're a celebrity, wrap yourself up in bubble wrap in the first couple of weeks of January. You know, that's that's what you should do going forward. Um, but yeah, just a just a bummer all around. Um, anyway, on to bigger and better things. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. It's January, what is it, the 11th? 11th. So we're already 11 days into the new year. We've lost a legend. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The weather has been terrible. It's rained 11 out of 13 days here. (laughs) There you go. We haven't seen the sun. Uh, It it was like three and a half weeks, and then it popped out for a minute on Tuesday, and then now it's gone again. Is it still (laughs) sub-zero? No, actually, the temperature hasn't been horrible. It's been like in the mid thirties, so you know it's warm for this time of year. Well, there you go. I'm I'm now uh, basking in in the glow of your warmth. Um, and we got to... hey, we got at Rock City next weekend. We're already coming up on our on our awesome Butch Walker in store event that I'm so stoked about. So what day is that again? That is next Saturday, January 21st. And I'd love for people, other people to come, but it was our fastest sellout in history. 90 minutes, all the tickets were sold. Here's how you can do it. How many tickets did your friends buy? Let's put them up on StubHub for $8,000. Let's do Ticketmaster dynamic pricing for your event. <laughs> Let's Let's do this. And then you just be like, I don't need to sell anything else. I just sold 200 tickets at $80,000 each because (laughs) of Ticketmaster's dynamic pricing. Exactly. Let's start 2023 off with a bang. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Except for we have a, we have a rule, Mike, that, uh, the name on the ticket has to match your, uh, driver's license. So that doesn't happen. No stub hub. Listen, listen, this is where you do it wrong. Yeah, forget trying to be the honest person and bringing bringing a good show to my uh, my customers. I'd say somebody bought it for a friend. There's a way to put the their the friend's name in. Oh, but say he didn't know what friend it was until the. What day are of. you trying to find a loophole here? Listen, I'm not trying to find a loophole at all. I'm just saying if I want to buy a ticket and go. Well, you know you you know me. That doesn't mean anything. You already said it's sold out. I can't get I can't get more tickets. You can sell it to me for fifty thousand dollars. All right. Fifteen thousand for you. Oh, fifteen. I got a thirty five thousand dollar discount. That that's costs, a hell of a discount. That's three thousand less than I paid for my Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> Wait, right. what? Right. What? <laughs> anyway, well now that's awesome, man. Really looking forward to it. If you're allowed to take pictures and video at this one. We'll uh, we'll do something on it in a couple of weeks and be like, hey, look at what you got to what you can do if you go to see Nick at his store. There we go. Um, yeah, so that'll be awesome. Um, I'm heading out on the road at the end of the month, uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, first time out for the year for work. Exactly when I don't know, but I'm gonna see if I could still do the show. Uh, that'll be you know because now I have this mobile rig coming my way, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Got a new microphone. This is I couldn't a, tell. You couldn't tell. Is that a UA? No, it's an SE. Okay. The Dyna Dynacaster. It does. Now that you mention it, it does sound better than it normally does. Yeah, you know the the SM7B is uh, by Shure. That's this one. That's the one that Nick has. I mean, it, it's it's like a great, incredible microphone for. Not just for speaking, but for singing too. It's actually very, very good. 
Um, this mic would be horrible for singing, but it sounds really good just for, for talking, for podcasting. I find it's definitely a bit more, uh, uh, there's more clarity. It's more well-balanced. Yeah, for sure. So I'm a fan. I'm a fan. So you'll be doing audible books in no time. Audible presents <laughs> Nick Morocco goes to the store written by <laughs> Mike Gall Venezia, McCartney. Gall McCartney. <laughs> Spelling fixed by Mike Venezia. <laughs> Cartoon illustrations done by Gall McCartney. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Anyway. What about <laughs> how at the very end of all the Audible books, it they it always plays that clip? Audible hopes you've enjoyed this production. Yeah. Why does it sound so horrible? Because they keep using the same thing over and over and over and over again. They should get Gene Simmons to do it. That would be great. Like, <laughs> Audible hopes that you've enjoyed spending your money and donating 15% to me, Gene Simmons, reading this audiobook for you. Two Next of Gene's up. books he reads on Audible. Just uh, so yeah, you know. I've, I've heard one of them. There you go. Which one? And, me, uh, Inc.? No, the, the, uh, the first one. Uh, oh, Kiss and Make Up. Kiss and Make Up. R written by some ghostwriter. <laughs> read by gene simmons of kiss this audiobook costs 39.95 i could not start this book without talking about kissonline.com kiss coffin kiss condoms we get you coming we get going. you going <laughs> there you go ah all right well with that said what are you listening to so you'll be happy to know that i finally got a copy of jethro tall aqualung you UH i remember you were telling me you were looking to grab that and you I, did i got it except there was there's a little bit of an issue it got <laughs> it got damaged uh in the in, in the shipping on the, on the way here because the seller you know took a box set and put it in a mailer with no other padding and shipped it here from california so wow. the box is completely destroyed oh, so unfortunately I, I am gonna send it back because i'm a stickler about that stuff but i played it and it is insane it's it is without a doubt like i said about the other uhqrs because i did get steely dan countdown to ecstasy as well which i'll get to mm -hmm. in a second without a doubt the one and only the top of the mountain pressing of aqualung just incredible the sonics all kinds of stuff i never heard that's one of my favorite records of all time and i'm hearing all kinds of stuff that i didn't hear in the original mix i have mint condition original presses uk press and and this this squashes all of them it, it's uh it's really really something um so again as i always say yes are these records pricey of course they are um but you get what you pay for on this i mean you get a great package amazing sound quality and uh and nothing stacks up to this particular version of it um mark you said how much was that tall this one is out of print uh mike answered five billion um this one's out of print i even missed it when it went on sale so i had to get one off of ebay and uh it was like 250 250 250 but Regular it's going back 
but it's going back. Um, regular price, I think, when they go on sale, usually is one twenty-five or one fifty, yeah. depending on if it's a single LP or a double LP. Did the seller try to at least give you a discount before you sent it back? No, he didn't offer that. He he apologized and said, oh, "I'm so sorry this happened. You know, I'll be happy to take a return on it." And uh, and that's kind of where it got left. I mean, I would have said, you know, I'll keep it, but eventually, I would have wanted to replace it anyways. <laughs> so be like, I don't look, know. I'll give you seventy five bucks for it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's nice. what. And of course, my concern is not being able to get another one because it took me over a year to get one at a reasonable yeah. price. Well, so. the first one you showed me was almost four hundred dollars, and I'm like, dude. Yeah. Come on. Come on. But it was sealed. It was sealed. This is why I don't like buying sealed old things. Like I want to listen to the damn thing. If it's open, good. Let's just. I don't want to pay like an extra premium because nobody has taken off the shrink wrap right you know i mean there's something to it if you want to buy it and never open it ever you know not me um but you know i well what you what you'd open it i yeah i mean i'm buying the stuff to listen to it. i don't buy something to to leave it sealed no but what i'm saying is if you're going to pay 375 dollars for something that's sealed but find one for 250 that's open i'm going for the one that's 250 uh, that's open you know what i'm saying right right because i do want to listen to it because instantly now i've prayed a paid a premium for something that's sealed that instantly loses its value the minute i open it according to the market right i get what you're so saying. that's what i'm saying so it's just kind of like buying a brand new car you drive it off the lot it lost 10 percent of its value it didn't matter if you went five feet or five thousand miles it, it lost 10 percent of its value why simply because you drove it off the lot right so it's exactly the same kind of thing so for me like i you know i i, I won a couple of things in contests where it was like sealed you know grace under pressure original you know okay i'm not opening it you know it's great to have it but if i open it that defeats the purpose yeah you know? well and things like that when you have you know i'm sure you have an open copy of grace I under have, pressure yeah, i have three copies so, so there, there's a difference i mean but something like this i'm never gonna have two of these so i if i if i was only able to get a sealed one i would have opened it <laughs> that's a good one dennis smith where do you hide things from a deadhead under the soap true story <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, you know, I, I'm uh, when it comes to things like you know box sets, where really now you're getting into big money, and it's you know what, send me an open one. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I'm not as precious about it, you know. Like that's 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 kind of ridiculous after a while. But anyway, um, so that I was listening to, and then I did get the UHQR uh, Steely Dan countdown to ecstasy, their second album. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, Analog Productions is doing their whole catalog. Yep. Out, uh, again, outstanding. I actually thought the sound quality was better on Can't Buy a Thrill, which I was surprised by because that's sonically the weakest Steely Dan album. Countdown to Ecstasy still sounded great, but I've I found a lot more nuance in the in the Can't Buy a Thrill, the first one that got done. However, uh, Bodhisattva and Boston Rag off Countdown to Ecstasy sounded amazing. So still worth the money, and I'm still looking forward to hearing the rest of the records because I I will be getting all of them. Um, and then finally to prep for the uh, Butch Walker event, just playing all of his records now although he is coming to promote glenn which i selected as my album of the year on our last episode and uh yeah that uh, i've been in a pretty constant rotation of music i'm familiar with i'm sorry what was that last part 
I said I've been in a constant rotation of music oh. I'm familiar with. Well, that's good. You know, uh, there's not a whole lot new that's coming out, though we will talk about things that we're looking forward to. Um, you know, me, I, I, uh, I've regressed <laughs> in my listening tremendously. I went and I, uh, I went out this weekend. I haven't, I haven't crate dived in a while. Um, and, uh, went to a couple of stores and I picked up some gems for like a buck or two bucks here and there. I, I think one store thought I was completely schizophrenic cause I walked out with like Dan Hill, like the captain into Neil <laughs> and Neil diamond and the foo fighters and what Neil sleep, diamond, uh, live at the Greek. Oh yeah. Great record. Two bucks. There you go. Two bucks. But I also walked out with Foo Fighters and Sleep. So it's like, and (laughs) weird. But yes, I I was listening to a lot of that. But back here, right right where I'm pointing, you can't really see it. But that's the Black Sabbath Sabotage Super Deluxe box set. So I picked that up right after the holiday because uh, music, uh, what was it? Uh, Company music. uh, They sell a lot of. The music, um, I can't remember it. You're no help. Well, mu- saying music ten times isn't really helpful. Uh, music, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I bought, I bought it from them. Music, somebody. Pop music. market. Not what? Pop market. You discover no. music. No, it, it's music. Music direct. Um, music direct. Of course. Jesus. Uh, apart from the fact that it took a year and a day to get here, they're so slow with their shipping. Um, but it was like on ridiculous sale. I got the box set for like 58 bucks. So we, like, we all got stuck with those. Well, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's terrible because I got to say it sounds phenomenal. I don't know if Steven Wilson did the stereo. I thought he did the stereo remix on that one. Maybe he didn't do it. I on think Sabotage. he was only on uh, volume four, just volume four. Yeah. He, I think he also did technical ecstasy. Yeah, I've got, I've got three of those still too. Oh, there you go. Um, there's probably reasons for that, but sabotage is an amazing album, and whoever did it, it sounds great. And then the the three, the three LP live album is actually really, really good because it's it's at the beginning of that tour, so sabotage hadn't come out yet. So it's Ozzy going, this is a song from a new album. Uh, this one is called uh, Seem to Be the Universe. Uh, whatever it was, you know. Right. That, uh, <laughs> and uh, and he sang all the words, and he sounded okay. That's something. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Um, and he sounded somewhat lucid. So go figure, again. Was that uh, the tour where Tony Iommi decided he should be in the center of the stage? Was that when that know. started? I don't know. Uh, but he should have been in the center of the stage anyway. So. <laughs> so that's what i'm listening to but what's coming out this week man anything cool coming out on friday couple things um this is the first uh real uh release week the yeah. the last couple that we, that we've had were um some great stuff from rhino they always do the start your ear off right campaign um last week they had yes fragile jerry rafferty um city to city uh velvet underground loaded Ramon's subterranean jungle so they always pick a couple like titles that haven't been available for a while and then a couple that are usually in print but they do something cool like uh colored vinyl or whatever so that's what came out last week this week 
Let's see, where should I start? How about this? Great reissue coming out. I think this is one of the best live albums of all time. Elvis as recorded at Madison Square Garden. I believe it was recorded in 71. I think full rock band. This is when he had Ronnie Tutt on drums. Of course, James Burton on guitar playing everything like a million miles an hour. I'm pretty sure they were all on cocaine. But, uh, I mean, you can really hear the greatness of Elvis, you know, the power of his voice and how well he worked a crowd. Band was super tight. Um, a, a friend of mine turned me onto that record not too long ago, a couple years ago, or may, it may have even been early last year. Killer record, and uh, I think Music on Vinyl's doing this one. They always do a great job on the reissues. Is this is this the one where, like... Um hunk of burning love is like 240 beats per minute yes yeah and same thing with uh suspicious mind and uh, we can't go on together with, with suspicious, suspicious mind yeah it's so fast yeah and the i don't know i can never remember who the bass player was at that time i think it might have been tim drummond who ended up playing with uh bob dylan for a long time but he is cranking on it and I think they're on crank, um, but yeah, great, great album. If you if you've never heard it, it really is solid. I know we're we're laughing about it, but um, so that's coming. Hey, you out. know what? I I gotta be honest. Elvis said high beats per minute. I, I kind of dig. Yeah, you know, because I mean, like I got a hunk of hunk of burning love. Like okay, but like, I got a hunk of hunk of burning love. Yeah, I got right. a hunk of you know. He's like <laughs> punk Elvis. Yes, before before it. punk was even invented exactly um, he invent elvis invented punk there you go he's a pioneer <laughs> he doesn't even know it i also love in suspicious peanut butter minds. banana sandwiches and punk in suspicious minds he says i hope this suit don't tear now baby <laughs> could you see him doing like the whole windmill thing yeah, right. <laughs> all right so good so that's coming out a another reissue that mike i'm sure you're going to be stoked and want a copy of the 50 oh is it bruce springsteen no no nothing no. to do with bruce <laughs> nothing to do with bruce the, you. the 50th anniversary of ace by bob weir the first grateful no i'm sorry it's not the first grateful dead solo album because jerry did one first but basically it's a grateful dead record they just put bob weir's name on it uh, hi there my name is unimportant <laughs> that that's, will never not be funny that's how i feel about what you just mentioned <laughs> that's coming out on indie exclusive orange vinyl and it should uh, stay where it is it shouldn't come out <laughs> and then we got new releases from margo price obituary and the goo goo dolls goo goo dolls okay that should be interesting yes I'm curious to see how they've not changed their sound hey they don't have to no it works don't. Yeah, but Johnny Resnick, he he's had some work done. You don't say. He looks like I, a he looks like a Rankin Bass character. <laughs> I I can't get into that. Uh, I just said he had some work done. That's it. Leaving it there. Great songwriter though. Yes, absolutely. You know what? I mean, the, he's really cool. Like really good playing with all those open tunings and such, and just things that I can't wrap my head around as a guitar player. And that actually does take talent. It seems like it's cheating in a lot of ways because it makes it easier to play certain things. Mm -hmm. But the point is that it opens your mind to different style of yep. playing when, and whenever you use like open tuning. So anybody who's not song used to, differently. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. So I, you know, I encourage people to try open tunings when they're trying guitar and like looking, you know, they hit a roadblock. 
try an open tuning. And if you're not sure what an open tuning is, just tune things to whole notes and see what happens. And maybe you just come up with something creatively that might actually work. Who knows? Some of the best Led Zeppelin songs are in open tuning. Yep, exactly. So uh, what else? That's it. That's what's coming out. I mean, I could go into more detail about this stuff. Also, uh, music from Bob's Burgers, the movie is also being released. Okay, good. So I know you've been like waiting to put that one in your collection. Yes. 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 <laughs> now I feel better. <laughs> All right. Well, there's that. Uh, moving on. So the topic today, now that we're 36 minutes into the show, uh, is talking about musical resolutions. Now, what do I mean by musical resolutions? Well, I hate resolutions. I don't. I just make conscious decisions to do things differently. <laughs> I don't call them resolutions because if you make, if you resolve to do something and then you don't do it, that's a gigantic letdown, right? Yes. So I don't resolve to lose weight. I'll just lose the damn weight. You know, I don't resolve to do things different. I'll just do it different. You know, why do I got to make this pact with myself? It doesn't have to be on January 1st. I started a lot of the things that I'm doing now three weeks ago. So, you know, and it's whether or not it's working, I don't know, but I feel better about me. So with that said, though, I wanted to, you know, since everybody else looks at things in a way of resolutions, well, I figure we may as well talk about that from a musical point of view. What what is it that maybe all of you, the all five of you that are watching <laughs> want to, you know, do in 2023 from a musical point of view, whether you're a musician and you want to learn a new song or a new technique or a new instrument, whether you want to just open your mind to different genres of music, or maybe you want to revisit something that you haven't listened to in a really long time, or maybe there's, you know, a new band that you've heard about, you know, but and now you want to actually go see them live because you heard so much about them. You haven't, you want to check them out. Maybe it's, you know, just certain releases that you're looking forward to this year, whatever it is, you know, what are your musical resolutions and, you know, and what are things you're looking forward to doing in 2023 musically? And just to let you know, like what I'm, one of the things that I'm very interested in is definitely broadening my horizons with different types of music. I started doing that already. I'm, you know, embracing things that I, you know, are a little bit wonky, uh, (laughs) you know, but at the same time, there's a lot to be said, like, you know, when it comes, here's an example. So you all know, I like Yacht Rock. I do. I like Yacht Rock. Okay. Um, but I just bought a crap ton of Yacht Rock albums that are all one hit wonders. Did I buy it for the one hit? I'm like, no, let's see what else is there. You know, Let's see. Is it going to be something I'm going to hear on the radio? No, but maybe it connects with me. Maybe I can learn something from it musically because you got to be honest, you know, the the composition of those songs, those Yacht Rock songs. Again, we've talked about it before with the Yachtly Crew guys. The people that made those songs were the like the top session people. Yes. They were amazing, amazing musicians and they had great songwriters and they were great songwriters. So there's more to it than just the one hit. We're also talking about a time when record companies really were still singles focused Mm -hmm. with a lot of pop type things at the time, that's the best way to kind of pigeonhole it is pop. So they were very singles focused. So if there was one single on the album, they just drove it into the ground and then nobody cared about the rest of it because everybody's sick of that artist. And they, I think they actually ruined more careers than they created at that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why there were so many one hit wonders in the seventies. But that being said, like Robbie Dupree, 
All right, Steal Away. It's a great song, great Yacht Rock song. Well, he's got nine other songs on the album, you know? Are they any so, good? They're not bad. I mean, yeah. it's pretty good stuff. Is it stuff that I would, you know, write home about, be like, oh, you got to buy this? Not necessarily, but it doesn't mean it was bad. There are a couple of really good tunes on there. There's some filler, you know, but it wasn't all like, and they're all very different, you know, which made it interesting. It, you know? it can go the other way, though, because it can. Because I remember buying an England Dan and John Ford Coley album because I yeah. love I'd really love to see you tonight. Yeah. And the rest of that record sucks. Yeah. That does happen too. Um oh this Dennis has another comment. Stand by. <laughs> uh why do deadheads swirl their arms around when they dance? To keep the music out of their eyes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the other one was better though. Yeah, the other one was way better. <laughs> um so, yeah, that's that's one thing that I've started doing. What about you, Nick? What's one of yours? Um, well, after a couple of years of um, not playing out too much, you know, it, it, leading up to 2020, I felt like I was gigging constantly, and I was. Um, I'd like to get back out there and play some more gigs. You know, uh, last year, I think I got maybe about 10 under my belt, which I know to some people that's a lot, but when, when you were used to doing 50 50 60 gigs a year 10 is nothing so yeah. i'm looking forward to um to getting back out and playing got a couple things in the works with with uh some guys i haven't played with in a long time and uh getting ready to get get back together and do a couple do a couple gigs mark will be happy which mark, band it's uh it's the cover band around here uh, Blues Airman, the one that old oh. store was named after. So the cover band. The, the, well, that's what be I a little more specific. What? Well, yeah, sorry, I didn't think anybody really cared. To be honest, they don't <laughs> care if they don't know. Um, and then my original bands, uh, the Strains and uh, Twist and Tarantulas, are planning on doing uh, both doing a record this year. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's been a while since spending a ton of time in the studio. So and it's you, gonna be you good. were in the studio not that long ago with Twisting Tarantulas, right? Yeah, we did a Christmas tune. We did we did I'll have a great Christmas without you to Blue Christmas. So we hadn't recorded anything in about eight years. So uh, it was fun to get in there and do that, and people seemed to really like it. And um, yeah, it got a ton of hits, and it was a good way to celebrate the holiday season with a little little bit of humor. That's a Christmas song I do like. I was gonna say for the guy who hates Christmas songs. <laughs> <laughs> you sure know how to play on one. I knew I did that one. No problem. <laughs> oh, a quick note about next week's episode. Very important. It's, it's a milestone. Hey, stop it. It's a milestone. It's come here. It's this guy's second birthday. Oh, so next week it's Roger's birthday episode. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds pumped. <laughs> It's going to be your birthday next week, buddy. So everybody's got to come join us to wish Roger a happy birthday next week. Yep. The and, Roger and birthday celebration. He's going to pick all of his favorite songs and make a playlist. There we go. Which will consist of me putting out records I don't care about. And he's just going to walk on them. <laughs> like, all right, that song. All right, cool. Um, so, yes, next week, Roger's birthday celebration. Be two years young. That's crazy. So right now he's going nuts. He's totally zoom. He's he's got the zoomies, but he's going like five feet in each direction. So he's well, going he did, back and forth. He doesn't have much room in there, right? 
No, but he can run into the bedroom and he can run back. Like literally, he's just going forward and backwards. <laughs> you can see him in the background. He's just <laughs> trying to. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Anyway, so yes, tune into that one next week. Oh, and by the way, if you're new here, uh, click subscribe and and hit the notification bell things so that you can know when things are happening. It's down, probably. It's over somewhere there. over there. Yeah, unlike there, which that's that's Nick over there, and that's Mike. Yeah. <laughs> All right, wait. Let's do Wonder Twins. Activate. Oh, you screwed fuck? up, man. What the fuck is going on? You just messed. You're just forget. There we it. go. You're done. There we go. Try it oh. again. All right. Uh, wait. Uh, I need a bigger <laughs> finger. Uh, ow! It was hot all the way across the country. Yes, there you go. All right. So, what was I saying? What were we saying? Talk oh, about yeah. musical so, resolutions. Yeah, what do so you got play- going on? I got two records I'm doing, and I'm going to do some gigs. What about you? Me, I'm going to get back into recording again. I'm going to do. Actually, I I am going to do some yacht rock songs done brutally heavy. <laughs> that is, that is the next goal, and I have a lineup of what that's going to be. Uh, but I'm always looking for inspiration. Now I've been doing this a while. This isn't a new thing. I've been doing this for like 15 years. So it, it, I just didn't really have any production last year. I didn't put out a whole lot last year. Tell everybody what your band name is too. The, the Jimmy Hoffa Experience. So uh, fantastic name. J I M I Hoffa Experience. You could find this on Facebook. Um, I don't know why you would want to, but you can. Oh, you, you can want also, to. And you can also find us. What are you chewing? Why are you chewing on a guitar pick? Leave it alone. Um, you can also find us on SoundCloud. I have not everything public there. but Do you have your amazing cover of I Just Want to Stop on there? That is, I think that is up there, yes. There we go. Yeah. And also The Rainbow Connection by Kermit the Frog, done in a punk styling. Uh, and one of my favorites, It's Not Unusual by Tom Jones, done in the style of Metallica. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've even heard that one. Oh yeah, you had to have heard that one. I don't think yeah. so. I all you've played me is of course the Gino, and then I heard your monkeys cover. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's a good one too. And then the uh the rainbow connection I've heard, but I don't remember uh it's not unusual in the style of Metallica. Let's see if I I think I could find it. You should give people a sample of that one for sure, if you can. Yeah, I probably can. Let's uh Hmm. Well, what's what's your next musical resolution? And I can get this loaded up. This may take hmm. me a second, but I could probably do it. Let's see. What is my next musical resolution? Because I made a, a large list of albums I was looking forward to seeing or hearing. But uh, let's see. What do I want to do? I want to. I, I definitely want to work on my guitar playing, which I say every year because I enjoy <laughs> playing guitar and bass. But I always get put in the drum position. <laughs> in any musical project i'm a part of so um i really love to play the bass so i'd like to, i'd actually like to do a gig playing bass bass is fun man bass is the most fun instrument all right i think i got this queued up here let's let's see if this works i don't know if it will probably get sued by tom jones but let's see let's try it. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. It's not 
That's you all you get for now. You should have done some more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's more in at the end. Yeah. Okay. Like, so I, I have uh, three different bands that could sue me over that one. So, <laughs> uh, so I did that, and then at the end, I started playing the intro riff to "Monkey Wrench" by Foo Fighters in the same key as the song, and then I started singing all the small things. <laughs> by blink 182 so yeah there, there, so there's four a lot of people that can sue on. you then four that's three metallica foo fighters blink 182 oh, no, well Tom it's in the Jones. style of metallica it's in the style of metallica so they can't sue me for you know pinching their style okay <coughs> excuse me so anyway you know what i can i can i uh i also have a Bandcamp page but i don't have those songs on Bandcamp. um the ones i have on Bandcamp are very very stupid uh there's i forget what's on there. i think there's uh oh yeah there's my 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 hit single the one uh with my neighbor oh yeah uh, yeah 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 that one you played me yeah <laughs> yeah that one's good uh but yeah you can check it out jimmy hoffa experience at ba- uh, jimmy hoffa experience.bandcamp.com if you want to check that out roger is not on any of the songs yet but he, he will be. be though yeah he, he will, will be. be yeah uh, yes, yes, April. Roger definitely got a squeaky toy. That's for sure. <laughs> See, it's right here. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah. So you were talking about playing it. I'm talking about playing guitar too because I really have to get back into it. <laughs> I I got to be honest. I'm to a point now where I go like a month at a time without even touching one, apart from when I'm at work. You know, when I'm home, I I just don't. I've been doing a lot of other things and just trying to like keep myself occupied with different things other than just sitting on the couch and playing guitar. But the thing is I did that for so many years, you know, I, I need to get back to it. You know, and yeah. I was actually, I was getting okay. <laughs> Finally in my mid forties, I was getting okay. So I will get back to that. That is another goal this year is to play more, learn more, not, you know, I, I realize what my limitations are. Uh, but my resolution in that sense is to not be, not fall victim to my limitations, but to maximize them there you as go. much as possible. So that's part of that. Um, also on another end, a uh, completely different thing from uh, things I'm looking forward to in 2023. We have to talk about this. The note from the Foo Fighters that came out a few days ago that there will be new music. We will see them soon. And then they announced a whole bunch of festival shows. You're headlining three of the biggest festivals in the in the country. Yep. Yep. And that's pretty awesome. Now, am I going to be able to go to any of those? No. <laughs> really? I could. I can go to Sonic Temple, but I don't want to go to Ohio. Well, that that's a good reason to to miss it, to be fair. <laughs> no uh, offense to Ohio. But no. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but offense to Ohio. Um, no, no, no. It has nothing to do with that, really. <laughs> That's a joke. But I'm not a big festival guy. Like, I don't, yeah, there are I don't a lot enjoy of the three- and four-day festivals and then camping out and then smelling like somebody who's a Grateful Dead fan. And I don't, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not a big fan of that. And then the last, you know, last couple of times I went to festivals, it was okay because I went for one day. You know, I went for the day I wanted to go to. But then I went to Riot Fest a few years back, and it rained. Oh, yeah, that's no, no good. 
that was not good. And they didn't have any straw down or anything. And the rain was so bad that my feet were just sinking in. It was like walking through quicksand and the mud was up to almost my knees. And I'm, I'm like, no, this yeah, is screw that. That's like, no I hate this. I hate this. And I left. You know, I, I, I waited till Slayer was done and then I left. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and then that's it. Because, um, so, you know, yeah. Kiss is on Sonic Temple the day oh. before the Foo Fighters. You know, we decided we would go on before the Foo Fighters to show them how it's done. But truthfully, we know how hard they rock. They rock much harder than us. But there is one thing that they are lacking. Makeup. If the Foo Fighters had makeup, well, then they wouldn't have to worry about their drummer passing away. They could just put somebody else in. With with that person's makeup. With that person's makeup. Much like we do with Peter Chris. He's dead to us. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's good. But okay, so who do, who do let's let's take a wager now. Who's going to be the drummer in the Foo Fighters? I think it's going to be Rufus Taylor. So do I, without a doubt. It, to me, it's a no-brainer. The only eerie thing, and I think we both agree on this, is that he looks like Taylor Hawkins. Mm-hmm. That is the eerie thing. But did he kill it? Oh yeah. And I think I, it's a full this crazy full circle thing of like Taylor's hero was Roger Taylor, and then Rufus Taylor's hero is Taylor. So there's this big like circle of giving back. Yep. <laughs> so and and yeah, he he plays like Taylor and yep. he looks like Taylor. Um, but more than anything, I mean, you have to try and nobody's gonna be able to play just like him, but you gotta be able to come close to that feel. And when I watched the live stream, of course I wasn't there, but when I watched live stream and I saw Josh Freeze play and I saw Travis Barker play and um and Omar Hakim and Rufus Taylor and, and Shane Hawkins. Um, Rufus Taylor was far and away. You could see in the band that they were feeling it the most with him up there. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were all, like, facing him when they were playing. Like, you just knew that that was the vibe. And, I mean, look, Shane Hawkins was great. He's 17 years old. Yep. Is he going to be able to do like years and years and years of road? To, no. Will he come out and do songs here and there? I'm sure when he's around. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But I, he's not there yet. I don't think he's got the maturity to handle that that kind of road rigor, you know. Um, though Grohl started when he was 17, but, you know, a little different. Yeah, all um, the way up the chain. It's hard to drop a 17-year-old yeah. in at that level. Yeah. But I mean, he's got the skill to do it for sure. I mean, it's not, it's nothing to do with that. I think it comes down to being a touring band partner. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think it's going to be Rufus Taylor. I real and I hope that it's him because when I saw that, the show, when I was there in LA and he, he played, he, he was so good. <laughs> he, he really was. He was so good. And yeah, just like you saw on the live stream, just like I saw live. I mean, I saw I saw them play with Danny Carey. I saw them play with, you know, all these other, uh, Chad Smith, like all these other amazing drums, Josh Freeze, like all those guys played. And Rufus Taylor was just better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It connected. It connected completely. It totally did. You know, and it was, it was palpable. Like, you could feel it. 
So I really hope that that's the case. And that my resolution <laughs> is when they actually tour, I'm going to go see them three or four times just because life is fragile and you never know when things end. And, you know, just want to kind of keep on top of things that I enjoy doing. And that is one of the things I'm not, a you know, look, I love the Foo Fighters, but by, are they my favorite band? No, no, but you can't see your favorite band anymore, but I did, but you did. And so at did a, I at a Foo Fighters concert. So, there you go. <laughs> you know, essentially. Uh, so, uh, the thing of it is that like, there's very few, and we've talked about this before. There's very few bands that can command that kind of audience you know, where it's an experience, not just a concert. And, you know, one of the best concerts I ever saw top three, hands down, maybe top two. And I would have to decide what number one is, was seeing the Foo Fighters reopen Madison square garden back in 2021. And that was an experience beyond anything else. And everybody was happy and the band was phenomenal. And then I saw them. They were supposed to open the forum. I saw that I had tickets for that. They had to push it back because, ironically, somebody got COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they had to push that show back. But then when they opened the forum, it was almost the same feeling. Not quite. Not quite. Is it, I mean, it was, the forum's legendary, but it's not MSG. Oh, it had nothing to do with that. It had to do with the fact that it wasn't opened by them at that point. Uh-huh. You know, so, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's still, it's not Madison Square Garden by any stretch of the imagination, though it's historic, but for different yeah. reasons, you know. Yep. Um, and I, you know, I, I want to see more shows. So that's another thing this year is I want to just go to more shows. I want to see more music, you know, because there's not much of it out there that's worth going to see, even though everybody's touring. Yep. You know, everybody and their mother was touring last year. I went to a few shows, you know, but I mean, like how many shows you, you go to shows all the time though. Like you go a lot more than I do. Yeah. But I mean, like you just mentioned, I mean, as many people as, as there was out there, I mean, I didn't see as many shows last year as I normally do. You know, I probably saw, you know, 20 shows, which yeah, that's a lot. That's, I know some people only go to one or two a year, but you know, in 2018 or 19, I probably saw a hundred shows and, played 70 shows you know what i mean i mean most of most of my time was spent doing that so you're right it's a different world and and you talk about getting out there and seeing people you know i'm hearing rumors and through the grapevine and all that of some incredible package tours that are coming through in the summer and the fall that people are people are going to be stoked people are going to be like i can't believe this is a bill but it goes to what we've talked about before with rising costs and getting people out and all that stuff you're gonna see some amazing pairings because these bands are they have to go out together to be able to make good money so you're you're i can tell you this year just from what i've heard just the four or five packages i've heard it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big year for concerts the same way that last year was but this on a different level because i think you're gonna we talked you know metallica's going out with with their thing with pantera and whoever else is on that bill mammoth and and five finger death punch and and pantera i'm sure is doing a a headline run of their own outside of the metallica thing so that has not been announced yet and that's for a lot of reasons one of them being that probably metallica has a moratorium on them touring anywhere until Mm -hmm. their tour is done um because that's and those of you that aren't in the know that is what happens sometimes 
Like, why isn't this band touring around here? Well, it's because Metallica is, and they're on tour with them or whoever headliner is, and they're opening. And you know, Ozfest used to do this all the time when Ozfest was was a thing. You could play shows on your off day, but it had to be outside of a hundred and fifty mile radius of the city that Ozfest was in. Yep. So a lot of the bands that I worked with back then, you know, they would do Ozfest was usually every other day. Uh, it was never two days in a row of Ozfest unless it wasn't moving from a spot. Yeah. You know. Um, so if they played like um like PNC Bank Art Center in New Jersey, right? And they would play on, you know, the Monday there. Then there was the next show would be probably somewhere in uh like Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right? Because that's probably about the distance. Well, they could do a show outside of the 150 mile radius of Pittsburgh. That doesn't leave many places. No. You know, so bands would literally be driving like 300 miles down to come 300 miles back up after playing another show just to get another gig in to keep the wheels going on the on the van. So that's why you're not hearing that about Pantera just yet. It's one of my guesses. I'm sure there's something in the works. Yep. Um, but until the summer's done, that will not be the case because you would have heard about Pantera touring locally already. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but there's there's all kinds of stuff. I, I, I know the leg's kicking off next week, but Anthrax is going out with Black Label mm-hmm. and Exodus. I mean, that is, that is a stacked bill. Those are three bands that can play a, you know, a theater on their own. So, yeah. you know, you're seeing packages come together like that that are just front-to-back killer. So get out and see them because, you know, you, you need to support this stuff. You can't, don't just sit at home and watch it on YouTube from some dickhead's phone. <laughs> and yes, I have to go say, to the show. I have to say last year I saw, well, I saw Anthrax and Black Label because they, they played Detroit together. And I think Hatebreed was on the bill too. When I got there, Black Label was finishing. I really just wanted to see Anthrax because I knew it was going to be packed. But I saw Exodus earlier in the year when it was Exodus, Testament, and Death Angel. And Exodus, all th- I mean, all three bands are great, but Exodus is playing on a, on a whole new level between Gary being back full-time and mm-hmm. Tom Hunting, you know, being cancer-free or overcoming cancer. Yep. They are just playing to, to prove something and... They were phenomenal, and Gary Gary is uh, is I think like over a year sober now, and he said he's never felt sharper. So, well, that comes with clarity. Yes, you know, um, uh, that's why I'm doing Dry January. Oh, nothing. No, good for you. Well, no alcohol. Good for you. Yeah, I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I ow! Stop it! Damn it! Like my headphones are like this, you know, because he's jumping on the cable. Um, it's just, all right, here, look, your birthday's next week. I'll deal with it then. Uh, yeah, dry January because December was very wet. <laughs> December was exceedingly alcohol fueled, and uh, you know, uh, Little little bit of vulnerability here. I felt I needed just to stop. You know, I didn't think it was bad compared to a lot of other people, but it was bad for me. Right. So 
You know, like right. I'm not a guy that cracks open a bottle of wine when they come home. And, and I have no problem with people that do that. I know a lot of people that come home, they crack open a bottle of wine, they finish the bottle of wine, they go to bed. I don't do that. When I started doing that, like, you want to pull is, it back. This is this is not me, you know. Yeah. And it's and not. I, was, I can vouch for that. You're not a big, you're not a big partier. No. When I was drinking every day though last month, it was like, all right, this is, this is this is probably too much. So, yeah. <laughs> dry January. Dry, dry January. January. Congrats yeah. on dry January. A- am I am I giving it up forever? No, but I'm doing dry January. So, anyway, feel better about it too. Good. Um. <laughs> I totally forgot where we were going with all this. Seeing shows and things like that. More resolutions. Let's talk about albums we're looking forward to coming Yeah, out. let's do that. I'm looking forward to Shania Twain's new release. <laughs> I bet you are. And I'm looking forward to Kelly Clarkson's new album. Did she get Mutt Lang to produce this one? Yeah, I'm sure she did. <laughs> because, because that divorce didn't go badly. <laughs> no, not at all. Not, not in the least. Jesus. Um... Well, why don't you start off with what I, well, all right, I'll start off with one. Yeah, start I'll off. start off with one. I'll start off with one. Whenever it comes, whenever they finally announce it, and I hope it's this year, I want Mean Streets, MoFi, Mobile Fidelity is re-releasing. Fair warning. I Damn it, I did it again. I keep doing that. No, that's, no, Mean Streets. I'm talking about the movie. <laughs> that's Mean Street. It's double. No, it's two streets now. Uh, fair warning from Van Halen because Mobile Fidelity is putting out all the David Lee Roth era, with the exception of different kind of truth. Uh, they're putting out all the Van Halen, uh, David Lee Roth era albums, box sets, 45 RPM, ultra disc, one steps. Did I get all that right? You got it right. And Nick and I joke that it's going to be like a song, like yeah, you got to flip the album over every like five minutes. It's probably going to be every two songs, I would think, because Fair Warning has eight songs on it. Yeah. So, and if you're going to, I mean, I would think maybe like three sides and an etch. (laughs) You know that won't happen. That will not happen. Uh, But yeah, like every two songs, you got to flip. So like there's going to be this much dead wax, even at 45 RPM in the middle of every one of those sides. You know, it almost seems like a waste, but it's Van Halen and I'll spend the 125 bucks on that one for sure. Maybe 1984. And I think everybody's going to get the first one. I think all of them except Diver Down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably (laughs) the way that's probably the way to go with that. But here's something you'll be happy to know those. And I'm not making this up to fuck with you. Those have all been pushed back further because guess what got brought up front? Bruce Springsteen. You got it. Nebraska? No. The oh. first record and uh, and uh, the second, The Wild, The Innocent, and The East Street Shuffle. Those will all be out by by uh, May, they say. Those two. Greeting, greetings from Asbury Park? Greetings from Asbury Park. Yeah. And I saw that, and I was going to bring it up. Yep, those have been put in front of the Van Halen's that have been announced for like 18 months. You know, this is just another reason to hate Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I'm telling you. What's next? The 1972 Grateful Dead July 4th tour show from somewhere in Podunk, Iowa that went on for three play, days? They didn't play July 4th in 1972. Oh, sorry. The 5th. Yeah, they probably did the 5th. Oh, God. 
Yeah. We at MoFi need to push things back another 18 years just because we need to, you know, somehow master this Grateful Dead concert that went on for six weeks. Yeah, right. It'll be 80 LPs cut at 45. What's that Led Zeppelin box set that's like 70 albums? Okay. I'm happy to tell you. It is. It was done by Classic Records mm. in, early, in the early 2000s. And what it is is it's every Led Zeppelin studio album plus song remains the same cut at 45 single-sided LPs. It's so like four LPs per album, right? You got it. You got it. Physical Graffiti, eight LPs, and Song Remains the Same, eight LPs. You got it. But supposedly, there's a it, it, there's a great video done by uh, the guy from Noble Records. He just got one of these, and he's, he owns all the different variations of Led Zeppelin records, and he goes into great detail about why this is what why why it's praised the way it is it's definitely a holy grail item the last couple have sold for like fifteen thousand dollars yeah they're like eleven to fifteen thousand dollars yep um he's he he got one he did some trading and ended up with one um but from from what he says this is like unbelievable this is like basically playing the master tape on your system so you know what would happen if i had that roger would somehow get into it and ruin it <laughs> yeah that's what i worry about too i mean that's like that's so much money it's so much money but i'd love i mean i'd love to have it i'd love to hear it all right um, now i, I want to make a comment on this if i had killer systems like you guys i would buy more mofi and others like it and i love my eye in the sky album but my system isn't all that great so no more 33s at 45 all right so here's the thing i don't know about nick's system i'm sure his is pretty badass mine is not i have quality but it's not killer by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I bought my turntable for about 250 bucks used. It's a project. I mean, and it's, I paid as much for the stylus mm -hmm. because I, I put a Ortofun blue on yep. it. Um, the Polk speakers I have, those big speakers back here, right? I bought that pair for $275. Um, the receiver, I just upgraded, quote unquote. I went from a, a, a you know audio video like a surround sound receiver to a two channel um, from Denon, and I paid. I bought it refurbished for three hundred eighty dollars shipped. Yeah, it's yeah, it's low. And normally it's and now it's six ninety nine, but I mean it's a good deal. It was it was a good deal. It sounds great, and the reason why I got it is because it has built in Wi Fi. So I can do title, I can do, you know, all that high-res stuff on it. But do you need to do that? No. no. No, you don't. You could put together a system for less than $1,000 new that might destroy what I have here. Yeah. You know, so you don't need to go all out. You just need something that sounds good to you, you know. Always, always remember that. Um, this is a, another comment. What had two arms and sucks? Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Well, um, to be fair, he still has two arms. Well, true. Uh, but and he still sucks. So half of it was right. No, but seriously, though, like getting back to the whole thing, you know, part of my part of my resolutions is to improve my sound a little bit more what I'm hearing, you know, but at the same time, this receiver, apart from the fact that there's a little bit less bass than I would like out of it. I love it. 
Yeah. And it wasn't all that expensive. And it's 175 watts, though it's really not. <laughs> well, like, yeah, that's how that all works. Yeah, but no, I think you hit on a great point because I think a lot of people, you know, assume. Oh, I've got to buy a two thousand dollar receiver and a five thousand dollar cartridge and a this and a. You don't. I mean, I've built my system up and traded out components for for fifteen years at this point. So yeah, do I have a like a crazy high end system? Yes, but it, I I didn't spend for it. And the system I had ten years ago still sounded good. Does this one sound better? Yes, but I could live with the other one. You know, yeah, I, would I love a Macintosh system? Of course, not, Macintosh, yeah. not MAC. We're talking MC, MC capital I. Yes. You know, but I mean, like uh, a, a power amp from Macintosh is eighty five hundred dollars. Yep. That's not a processor either. That's just the power section. And it's then you insane. have to buy. Then you have to buy the actual like receiver portion, you know, which you can plug in your, you know, your, 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 your components into. And that's another like four grand. And then if you buy one of their turntables, that's like eight to ten grand alone. Yeah. So with no you know, will it sound amazing? Well, no, because you need really good speakers to enjoy it. Yeah. That's the other part of it. And if you can't play it really loud, it doesn't matter. So yeah. get something that sounds really, really good to you. You know, you can find something like Polk Audio. They still put out great speakers, great mid-price speakers. You can find something, you know, like you can even buy used ones. They sound great. As long as you know where they're coming from, you know, don't usually buy used speakers because you don't know who, what somebody did with them beforehand. Um, you know, but just go out, buy a set of speakers, go a, a good set of speakers will actually do more for you than a really expensive receiver. Yep. Because a really expensive, a really shitty receiver can be made better by really nice speakers that sound better. You know, a really expensive head unit can be totally like demolished by crappy speakers. Yep. the 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 best place to put your money is in the cartridge on the turntable and in the yep. speakers. And yep. Mark, I I noticed you said something about you do listening. Most of you're listening on on headphones. You could still get a great headphone amp that runs the turntable runs into the headphone amp, and it'll yep. it'll totally it'll night and day your your sound. Don't. It, don't plug. One. There you go. Don't plug straight into the turntable. Don't plug straight into your receiver. Spend a little bit of money, buy a headphone amp, and it, it's a complete game changer. You could buy it. I have a tube headphone amp. It costs a hundred bucks. There you go, and it sounds amazing. So, you know, just going, ju just saying, just yes. saying. Yeah. And it also doubles as Bluetooth too. So if you wanted to listen to like you know your iPhone through your headphones through the headphone amp, you could do that. You know. Um, anyway, I know we got, you know, kind of off topic there, but I think it was important to note, you know, that, you know, we talk about all these really cool things, but we don't necessarily have the tops in anything. And what, again, tops is subjective. You could spend $30,000 on a tone arm, <laughs> you know, which that's just unbelievable. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how that product exists. But, you know but they, I mean? these things do, you know, you can yeah. spend like 15 grand on a pre on, yeah. on a, on a phono preamp. Is it $14,800 better than a $200 preamp? No, right. <laughs> it's not. Is it better? It better be, but is it measurable like that? I mean, it's a law of diminishing returns. We talk about this in the guitar world and I'm sure you'll, you'll agree with me here. 
you know, you get what you pay for in the guitar world, right? So the more you spend, the better the guitar will be, in generally theory. speaking, in yeah. theory, right? And then when you hit around five grand, it starts to do this and it planes off and it just gets more expensive and it might be more dear, but it's not, you're not going to hear the difference between a five and a $10,000 guitar. You're going to know that there's collectability. You're going to know that there may be some sort of custom design or custom builder or something like that, where you're paying for the time, but is it worth $5,000 more tonally? Probably not. Right. Probably not. You know, um, and the same thing here, you know, I'm not saying that you should get like, you know, the cheapest, you know, 35 year old, you know, initial digital Panasonic, uh, you know, or Fisher, uh, amp or something like that, you know, get something a little better, you know, yeah. put some money into it. But the thing is you can get a lot of bang for your buck these days, especially in the phono world. Uh, but again, like Nick said, if you put money into a cartridge, you'll be a lot happier than spending, you know, $3,000 on a turntable. Or speakers. That Ortofon yeah. blew at 200 bucks. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, the speakers, I mean, you could still find the ones that I have here that I bought used for 275 for the pair. You could still find them for three, 400 bucks for the pair. You know, and they sound great. I'm never getting rid of them. I was at one time because just because of space, I can't get rid of them now. I put turntable through these speakers. It doesn't sound good. Yeah. You know, but that's my home theater system. It's not that's meant why. for this. Yeah, it's right. not meant for it. So, um, so anyway, that's that. Uh, what other things are you looking to see, looking forward to coming out this year? <laughs> okay, first record I want to talk about that I'm looking forward to coming out, Steel Panther on the Prowl. New, nice. new Steel Panther record. Um, and I don't know if you heard the, uh, the single, but it was good. Standard Steel Panther. Um, I have not heard the single yet, no. It's called, uh, I think it's called 1987 singing about white snake and there's a great line in it that is only appreciated by deep cut 80s fans he says i couldn't understand the loudness dude but man that guy could scream <laughs> that's a fantastic line all right so for those of you that don't know loudness was a hair metal band from japan yep ergo yes the the semi-racist comment <laughs> in that song Oh God! But those guys are well, you know, they're those guys. There's those guys. So I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that album because it's always good for a couple laughs and uh, always a great live show. So they're doing a deep, deep uh, tour for this record. It's like two and a half months long. So uh, definitely get out there and see them. You'll you'll have a fantastic time. I promise you that. Will it be a fantastic time? Fantastical, actually. Well, there you go. Uh, fa oh, fantastical time. It's more yep. than just a fantastic time. Got it's fantastical. It. Um, one of the things that I'm sort of looking forward to coming out this year, um, I know it's cheating a little bit because they've all been put out, but Motley Crue is putting out a box set. You have the same five records they always reissue? Yeah, but it's cheaper if you buy the box set than if you bought all the other albums, which is really, really funny. But it's a How box set. How does that make sense? I, it doesn't, but it's 175 bucks, and it's all the albums from 81 to 89. So that's up to and including Dr. Feelgood. Yep. So, but if you bought all the albums, they'd be like 35 or $40 each, and it winds up being like $240. <laughs> so, 
I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I guess maybe you're not getting all the uh, uh, all the uh, all the artwork with every you know. No, Everything. I'm sure you do. I'm sure they're just going to take the individual LPs and slide them into a hardcover box. Pretty much, because it's what they do. Yep. Uh, but I will say that, you know, I, I have Shout at the Devil and that's it. So this would be a great way to kind of just get everything all at once. So I am kind of looking forward to that, to be honest. Nice. What about you? I've got, hang on, I'm trying to get back to my list. I mean, it's hard to say because we know of like some bands that are putting out things. We just don't know when they're coming out. Yes. Yes. That's like part of it too. There's supposed to be a new Anthrax record. Yep. There um, is. And, and that, that I'm sure will be great. Count. There's a new body count record. Yeah. Now that's something I'm excited for. And um, Strauss. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's done. She's had that in the can for a while. Um, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Acts 2 and 3 of Adam Adam are coming out. Yeah. Um, Billy Corgan going deep on the uh, on the concept there. So deep that it took three three uh, sets of records to come out. Yeah. Eh, yeah. You're not a Pumpkins fan, are you? Uh, look, I saw them twice in the past four months. And, I mean, I like old pumpkins up to and including melancholy and the infinite sadness right they didn't play anything from gish which is terrible because that album is great it's very raw and i really wish they did you know play something from that um and you know billy corgan wears a black dress live and you know um kind of looks like something out of what is um What's that movie with Jennifer Lopez and Vincent D'Onofrio? The Cell. You ever okay. see that movie, The Cell? No. It kind of looks like Vincent D'Onofrio in The Cell, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you ever see that movie, uh, which is actually, it's an amazing movie. I know I, Jennifer Lopez, but it's an amazing like thriller. Uh, and it's the, 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 um, the visuals are outstanding. Absolutely incredible. And Vincent D'Onofrio is amazing in the movie. Just very evil. Uh, it's a very, very dark movie. And you wouldn't think that Jennifer Lopez would like touch this movie with a 10-foot pole, but she does a good job. Anyway, Billy Corgan looks like him in that movie. Um but yeah, I'm not I'm not the hugest pumpkins fan. Really. They did a great record about 10 years ago called Monuments to elegy or elgi something something like that that is a great sleeper record tommy lee plays drums on it and it's Mm. uh it's fantastic really good record look even even gall mccartney says the cell is great well that doesn't mean anything because he thinks a lot of bad movies are great it's not a bad movie it's a good one in fact i may watch that tonight but it could be bad if he likes it is what it could be bad but it's not it's good he likes uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou. That's a good movie. No, it's not. You're not. Um, yeah, George, see, Clo- George Clooney is a hillbilly. I buy that. Yeah, well. All right. What about Metallica, 72 Seasons? I don't know. I got to say, I am looking forward to it. If the first song is any indication of what this album might be, it's the first Metallica album I'd be in, like wanting to buy in years. Yeah. The the single uh, the single is solid, absolutely. Yeah. Lux, Lux Eterna is great. Yeah, and again we had this discussion. It's like, you know, it, it should have been on. It's like a mix between Kill 'Em All and Motorhead. 
Mm-hmm. Like everything, something that should have been something from the kill them all days with a little bit of Lemmy thrown in there for good measure. Uh, which makes sense because they were ripping off all the new wave of British heavy metal bands back then anyway. So it just, it just fits. Um, Pucifer has a new album coming out. If you're into that sort of thing. I'm not. Because so that guy's in Tool. You know, you really got to stop with that. Oh, okay. You you hate everything I like, but no, I, gotta I don't. Stop I just that. really hate two things, and I kind of hate one. What are the two? Th- well, I know the two things. What's the one you kind of hate? Tom Petty. Where where do you stand on Bob Dylan? Kind of hate him, but okay, they're the so same person. Tom Petty and Bob Dylan just so so. You got two that person. you kind of hate, and two that you really hate. I really dislike the Grateful Dead violently. And what about Springsteen? I just don't like him because you do. <laughs> See, there we go. I really like. I actually bought some Springsteen albums. I haven't listened to them, but, but I bought, bought them. I bought them. I got The River. I got uh, I got Born in the USA. I got Born to Run. I, you know, I, I have a, I have a few. You know, darkness on from, the edge of town. No, I don't. I really don't. I That's don't the record actually. between The River and uh, and Born to Run. Yeah, look, unless it's in the dollar bin, I'm not buying it. I got born in the USA for five bucks. It's OG in mint condition. Well, not mint condition. It's in very VG, VG plus VG, VG plus. plus. <laughs> <laughs> Our friend Ian has been putting up some cool albums recently. He's dipped into a whole bunch of bootlegs that he keeps putting up for sale for auction. So, you know, he's not auctioning any Springsteen. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Um, oh, speaking of Badlands, that album's being released. No, it's not. Um, that's it's being bootlegged right now. <laughs> yeah, by you probably. No, no, I swear to God, I keep seeing bootleg copies. Of oh, Voodoo, Voodoo Highway? Highway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's all bootleg. That album will never be re-released again. No, ever because for good reason. Yeah. So he who here knows the story of Badlands? Ah, <laughs> oh, God. Let's not touch that one. Look it up if you don't know it. I, I think that we should at least touch it a little bit. There's still great records. There was just a, a complete asshole of a human being involved. Yeah. Two, to be fair, <laughs> two, two asshole human beings to, were involved, from what I well, understand. Well, one of them was not named Jake E. Lee. So. Right. <laughs> So Badlands was, Jakey Lee uh, was uh, left Ozzy and created Badlands. And Badlands put out two albums. One of them was really good, very stripped down. In fact, Eric Singer played drums on the, uh, in Badlands. Uh, and if you watch, the, if you're able to watch the Dreams in the Dark video from Badlands, you could see him, he's doing like these crazy, like, you know, Eric Singer, you know, drummer things, which is actually pretty cool. Uh, Jakey Lee was the, the guitar player. Who was the bass player? Was that Lomenzo? No, Who's no, it was player? um Greg uh Greg St. James. Uh Gre- Greg Greg Chastain, Greg. right? Yes, yes, there. I'm sorry. That, yeah. Yep, you got it. Uh and the singer was this guy, Ray Gillen. Ray and they were they were either managed or were they managed by Paul O'Neill? Yes, I believe so. All right, so Paul O'Neill went on to like help create the Trans Siberian Orchestra, and he was an, a record company guy too, and you know he, he did a lot of things. But Ray Gillen somehow uh, in the eighties 
contracted that that funny little HIV virus <laughs> somehow. Uh, didn't tell anyone, and continued to stop as many women as he could. Essentially, uh, what was his excuse for getting it? He got it from his uncle or some sort of stupid excuse that, that, that i don't know i don't remember I, it was like one of the weakest weakest excuses on the planet uh where he said that he, he you know he said he didn't do drugs he got it from a blood transfusion when he went to the hospital or some, uh, some very weak excuse all right then denied having it and was just kind of spreading it and nobody knows exactly how much damage he left in his wake over the years, but it was not good. No. Uh, and then eventually he wound up dying in 93 from complications due to AIDS. Big shock. But the second album tanked uh, mainly because it got held up in all sorts of nonsense because Paul O'Neill uh, was Well, doing... Voodoo Highway was the second record. That one came out. The third one is the one no, no, that no. got... It tanked. Well, yeah, but it, yeah, but it came out. I, that it one didn't out, get held up, but it, it tanked because the record company didn't promote it. Right. Like they didn't put anything behind it. Right. Because of all this. And then, yes, there was a third album that was supposed to be done, which had basically like no original <laughs> members in the band, supposedly. Um, and uh, that never came out. But yeah, Voodoo Highway uh, got buried essentially by the record company and it'll, and very few copies were pressed. Um, most of the LP pressings are from Europe. Um, and you'll never see that repressed again in any official capacity because of Ray Gillen. So, yep. Yep. So. And he deserves shit. it. Yeah, absolutely does. Because the problem is that like, if it was, if it was something where Ray Gillen's victims, families got the proceeds, I'd buy an album, mm -hmm. you know, I'd buy the album. You know, and I'd be all for it, but I don't think that's how anything is set up, and it's it's a it's a crock. So. And honestly, you know, it's probably not going to sell that many copies. No, no, it wouldn't, because people still wouldn't want to support them, right? In any way, shape, or form. But all right, anyway, off of that, um, Baby Metal has a new album coming out. Okay, I know nothing about them. I know what what the deal is, but I've never heard a song from them. Really? Yeah, Ooh, I don't know wait. anything about it. I think I can. I think I can make this happen, and if I could spell right, which I can't. Yeah, I found it. I actually have it. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can put this. Let's see. Add music. See if this will work. Now, it's. I have to say it's a guilty pleasure. Okay. Uh, we're going to, we're going to play this bear with us for a minute and a half. We're going to play this through the chorus. All right. Nick is going to absolutely hate this. Okay. I guarantee you, uh, once this is done processing right now, it's still processing. It's taking its sweet time. Um, yep. All right. Let's see. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? An error occurred. Wait a moment and then try again. Oh, here it is. Oh, wait, no, that's not it. <laughs> Man, wait, baby, baby metal sounds a lot like Mike Venezia. Hi there. My name is Unimportant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll never get old. Ever. Ever. Where did, yeah, where did, 
Where did the baby play it again? Why? Because it's hilarious. Oh, uh, all right. Hang on one second. Let me, uh, well, I got I got to do something first. Give me. Come on now, you piece of junk. All right. Open you got this. a Lenovo over there? Yes. <laughs> well, let's see. You know what, though? Hi there. My name is Unimportant. <laughs> I can't believe that guy was a guest on this show <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. Well, yeah, I totally get that, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not working because I think it's in a different format. But uh, let me see if I can. Can I convert this? Can I convert this to MP3? Do you hear that? No. You don't hear this? It's just really weird that I'm the only person hearing it. All right. Well, we're boring our audience. Yeah, this is way too much effort for this. Anyway, Baby Metal is a whole... It's like three teenage... I think they have like a rotating cast of people that wind up singing in the bands. Like three little Japanese girls singing in like little squeaky high voices with like super brutal like thrash metal behind it. (laughs) And it's... I mean, it's worth the price of admission. Uh, if you want to check out something, check out a video called Gimme Chocolate. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's what it's literally called. Type in Gimme Chocolate by by Baby Metal, and you will not like me very much after hearing that because it's got, like, the most hooky chorus on the planet. Like, it is, like, this death metal, thrash metal, like, really, like, argh, and then, like, this sing-songy hooky chorus that's just so disgusting like not disgusting in the sense that like it's evil it's like disgustingly sweet yeah so okay any other cool things coming out this year you're looking forward to um no i I went through my list i mean i just i took a couple i put a couple down um i know steven wilson has a new record coming out there is a yeah um and there is a new uriah heap record coming and sometimes with bands like that with ufo uriah heap deep purple sometimes it's a miss sometimes it's good the the last original deep purple record was was awesome so maybe uriah heap is the same way so i'm looking forward to hearing those you know i i've um i don't know how i feel about that (laughs) i don't know how i feel about that um I mean, you know, some bands have sort of had their day. Yeah, it it like I said, it's hit or miss. Um, yeah, I don't know, but the, but I kind of felt the same way about like let's say a band like Judas Priest, and then they put out a record as good as Firepower, and you go, oh, maybe there is something still left in the tank. Yeah, you but know? half the band is different, right? You know, I, I mean, like yes, you have the 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 you have the same bass player and singer, right, and. Everybody else was different. Yeah, essentially. But Scott Scott Travis has been in the band for thirty, 30 plus years, years yeah. at this point. But Scott Travis still plays like he did thirty years ago. Right. You know. Right. Uh, I mean, because he can, because he's amazing. Um, you know, and and Richie Faulkner is a phenomenal. I told you that story about Richie Faulkner, yes, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 One of the greatest stories ever. You know, all oh, this would be great if you know you're playing in a cover band. Well, uh, well I am in one. Like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> the greatest quote ever because he is right. for him. It's right. a cover band. Um, that dude, man, I'm sure he's looking forward to this year more than anyone. He had that heart issue last year. Yep. Yep. And was back out there 
pretty quick. Yeah, so not long afterwards. So. Good for him. And I think our buddies in Yachtly Crew have a record coming out, right? They have an EP coming out, um, I think, at the end of February. Wow. Is what it's looking it's like. So up. they're... Yeah, it's it's. I don't think there's going to be any physical copies, at least not at first. Uh, but I think it's going to be coming end of February. I think it's four songs, um, which are mainly covers, you know. But uh, you know, one thing that I, I heard is you know they're doing. Uh, I think "Ride Like the Wind" is one of the covers that they're doing, and they actually got the percussionist, the guy who did the hand percussion on the original "Ride Like the Wind," to do it on their version. Nice, which is which is pretty awesome. So you know, uh, and it's being we definitely got it. We gotta have Chaz or uh, we gotta have Sailor and Baba and back Baba. on. When they, well, we'll probably when... have more than them. Uh, hopefully next time around. You know, last time there was a couple other things at work. They kept other people away. But, but for uh, sure those two, because we've got oh, a, yeah. we've got a legendary argument to settle. Well, and you know what? Every time I see Sailor, which is uh, somewhat whether it's unfortunate or not, quite often uh, he brings it up every time. <laughs> like he comes up, he'll come up behind me and be like. So baby, dry your eyes and start singing. Drink. I can't even pretend. Nobody to do can, like a including bed Sammy Hager. Exactly. Um, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, I did. Uh, I did New Year's with Sailor Hawkins. So yeah, and somebody else pretty great too from the photo that I saw. Uh, well, yeah, Chris Robinson. <laughs> yes, for the second year in a row, I did New Year's with Chris Robinson, uh, and he remembered me. He's like, didn't I see you last New Year's? <laughs> kind of, uh, in in a way. And I just uh, I pointed at his wife, who I was spoken to most spoke to most of the night. I'm like, you're my BFF. <laughs> and so he's like, he's like, oh yeah, hey, I remember you. Yeah, you know. I'm like, you never called me. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally picture you doing that. Too. I did that. No, I totally did. I uh, like because the, there was a, a gentleman who was saying like, oh, he works for you know X guitar company. He's like, no, no, I remember. I still get your card and everything. I'm like. You never called. He's like, ah, I didn't call because, you know, I don't know. I just didn't call. I'm like, just call. <laughs> Still oh, hasn't fantastic. called. fantastic. Still yeah. hasn't called. And he's probably not going to. No, he probably won't. But it's right. I'll see him next New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> you can bring it up then. <laughs> just once a year, I always see Chris Robinson. It's just, you know, always It'd on It'd be New great years. if he was like, not you again. Yeah. No, I, will I know say, though, I still that... haven't called. You know, all my preconceived notions, though, and this is this is how different settings affect the way that you feel about people. Like all my preconceived notions about him were like destroyed, like in a good way. Like I thought he was like some pretentious prick Uh and he's not. He's actually a cool guy. Um, You know, maybe it's the years that's humbled him a little bit. But, um, you know, one of the greatest rock singers out there. Oh, yeah. Still doing it. Yeah. And and great as great as he was at the beginning. So. And they're touring this year again. They're going out on tour this year, too. Uh, I think they're playing uh, a, like a beach festival, beach life festival out here uh, in um, in Huntington. I think it's Huntington Beach, California, in May. Um, but funny story about that. So last year when I had first met him, we were talking. And I told him I was never a Black Rose fan. Um, Which is insane. Like, yeah, I just, you know, I, not, not again, not against them. You know, just wasn't like big on them. So I saw them play live because they did the whole, you know, Shake Your Money Maker album last summer as their tour. And uh, I told them, like, hey, man, you know, I got I to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I was n- not for nothing, but I was never just a huge fan of your band. But then I saw you guys play and, uh, you know, uh, do the whole thing. It's like, and you came around, right? 
<laughs> I'm like, you guys are good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But it was so funny. And you came around, right? <laughs> so, yeah, these, these strange things happen to me. I don't know why. They just do. But, all right, I think we've talked enough. I think it's about time for uh, a couple of... A couple of a couple of things to add on to our lists of discovered and this song sucks. What do you think? Yeah, it's time. Okay, it's time. So I'll let you go first. Discovered. Okay, so discovered. I put down two because I wasn't sure if I used one of these already or not. <laughs> um, but after the uh, loss of Jeff Beck today, I went back and revisited the legendary cover he did solo of "A Day in the Life" by the Beatles. Um all instrumental incredible performance outstanding arrangement too a lot of stuff happens musically with the band to mimic the vibe of the original um just a a a different approach but yet keeping it where you you know what you're hearing um i love that cover but then i also put down the beck bogart a piece cover of superstition um which they actually did it first but it was released second it was released second yeah. but re- recorded first because stevie wonder was recording his record in the studio next to them and jeff and stevie were friends which if that if nothing else if that doesn't tell you how great jeff beck was that stevie wonder wonder was like check this song out and not only check it out but here have it and record it while yeah. i'm recording it right here yeah. you know that's that 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 to me says it all so those two covers i don't know if one's already on the playlist or not like i don't think uh, so um both of them then i put i put i vote to put both of them on fine (laughs) fine (laughs) we still don't have a playlist for that (laughs) we don't no one day i will oh okay yeah well we're way too far gone to be doing a playlist for discovery Nah, believe me i i have a lot of these written down so i just need to actually put it together but uh all right so my discovered this week is actually goes back to all the way back to yesterday so yesterday for work i do a show like this on tuesdays and uh, we interviewed chad gilbert from newfound glory and Chad's story is really incredible because he's been battling cancer now for the better part of a year and a half. And it's a very, very rare cancer. And he doesn't give a shit. Like he's, when I say he doesn't give a shit, he cares. Trust me. He's giving, he's putting all into it, but he's still touring. Wow. And he's still writing and he's you know, about to do an acoustic tour. And I give him all the credit in the world because he told his story and it, he was just open and vulnerable and it was amazing. And I got choked up just listening to the guy. You know, but um, since I didn't know much about Newfound Glory going into the going into the into the interview, I had to do some homework and they actually have three different ones, an EP and two are albums of covers. And it's called From the Screen to Your Stereo, one, two and three. And what they are is all cover songs that were all in movies. So one that I heard yesterday that I was just like. This is great. They did The Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News from Back to the Future, and they slay it. They awesome. absolutely I slay it. I love that it. song. Oh, yeah. They do such a great job with it. I got. I give them all the credit in the world. Obviously, it's more upbeat because they're more of that, you know, pop punk sort of feel. Uh, but, yeah, they absolutely slay it. So good on them. They, they did a great job with that. And most of the songs that I heard from those from those albums and EPs, it's like they do like 
like uh, crazy on you by like Madonna, <laughs> but they do it in like punk stylings. So it's it's really interesting. But the Power Love that was definitely my favorite. That's so, killer. Yeah. Um, now that leads us to something else, and you know what time it is. I do. It's your favorite time. It's my favorite time. I still have to play that one every time. (laughs) (laughs) I had somebody at the store come up and say that they thought it was hilarious that I said abracadabra two weeks in a row. Abracadabra every fucking week. (laughs) Well, uh, here's here's the real here's the real intro, which we all know and love for this song. That's more like it. Okay. <laughs> so for my This Song Sucks this week, I'm going with an obvious one, and it's a shame um, because I couldn't think of anything better, but I heard this pop on the radio the other day, and I was just like, oh, my God, I need to change the station. Jefferson Starship. Jefferson Airplane, Starship, Jefferson. Whatever you want to call them. Mrs. Jefferson. George Mrs. Jefferson. Je- George the Jeffersons moving on up. <laughs> Out of my record collection. Um, because the song, We Built This City. Oh, God. It's, we sing this shitty. Like, I don't, I don't like this song at all. And it was, like, it's I got sick of it. It's a far cry from Jane. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, it's a far cry from White Rabbit. It's a far cry from anything. It sucks. Because it got played 10 billion times in the mid-80s. And then, like, radio stations were, like, using it as, like, their theme song, you know. Like, oh, my God, shut up. This is terrible. Grace Slick needed money. I'm sure of it. I'm yeah, sure of it. It's, it's, not a, it's not a good one. That's no, for sure. That's, like, the not. ultimate this song sucks. Yeah. I mean, if there's, well, Mother. Mother by the police. Like, that. And you know what's funny is we were playing Synchronicity in the store the other day and Mother came on and instantly I thought of you because I was like, oh man, Mike hates this. And it is it is annoying, but like, I, I definitely think there's worse songs than Mother. Dude, we can go through that whole album. All right, wait. Well, me, no, me, no, I, no, I don't mean Synchronicity. I just mean in general that there's, that there's worse songs. I, no, you, you're, you're it's right. It's the They're... worst song of the police's career. That's it's for sure. absolutely <laughs> awful. So, but, but here's some the thing. pretty bad Sting solo tunes. Uh, all right, wait. Let's let's look at it from this angle, though. All right, really quickly as a quick aside. Synchronicity. One. There's eleven songs on the album. Two of them were not written by Sting. One was Mother. The other was Miss Gradenko. Yes. What are the two worst songs on that album? Yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. Of course. So, I'm not arguing that. Yeah. Oh, wait. Look at this. Gall McCartney. Mm, Starship's great. Yeah. Jane's great. I don't Shut know up about missing like, link. What's, the, what's that other uh, 
what's that other starship tune gall mccartney that you're always talking about that i had never heard and that he it was like a total arena rock like attempting to write a number one but falling short you know um you know okay it's not enough there you go that's what it is yeah it's not enough yeah yeah that's it it's yeah why don't we go back to like you know miracles or you know not miracles fuck miracles Uh, miracle look it's better would you rather listen to miracles or we built this city that's not fair that's jeff why is that not fair it's the same band but not really because i don't think marty balin was involved in the starship no, the other guy was. Yeah, uh, 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 Yorma Kakakian or whatever. No, Mickey. Uh... Mickey Thomas is the singer. Yeah, but, yeah. But I'm, I'm trying to figure out who from the Jefferson Airplane went up into space in the Starship. Paul Kantner, I think. Paul Kantner for sure, and then I think Yorma and maybe Jack Cassidy. I don't think Yorma did. Maybe Jack Cassidy. Maybe Jack Cassidy, but not, I don't. I think Yorma was gone by then. He, yeah, Yor- Yorma wanted to trail. He was doing the hot tuna or whatever he was doing at that point. Right, with Jack Cassidy. With Jack and Cassidy. Mo- and, and the Moby Grape. <laughs> the Moby Grape? Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> Not Moby Grape. No, the Moby Grape. Well, there you go. That's a stupid name. Yeah. Okay. Your All turn. Right. All right. My this song sucks. Hi this- there. My name is Unimportant. <laughs> What is that from again? It's from a, a Dimebag Daryl instructional video. Which, why is Nick doing the Dimebag Daryl instructional video instead of Dimebag Daryl? Because he was dead? No, that's from, that. you can tell that's from the 90s. Fuck you. No, no that way. Was, that was, yeah, that was from the 2000s. No way. Yeah. Why is the why is the video quality so poor? Because it's been like it was on VHS and probably transcribed eight or copied eighteen thousand times and then compressed and put on YouTube. Play it one more time. Oh God! Hi there, my name is Unimportant. There's no way that's it from was. after Dimebag died. I don't Trust believe me. you. Ask it Nick. Was. Ask Nick because I don't I, believe you. That's the all right. I know some things. That's one of them. Okay. You know. My This Song Sucks comes from the Prince of Darkness. Oh, yeah. We're going there. What a steaming pile of shit the song Miracle Man is. Oh, really? Awful. Really? Of all the Aussie songs to pick, that's the one you go for? It's terrible. How? I heard it on the way home. Well... Ozzy's another one, like I've said about Sammy Hagar, where why is he singing like he, he's at the tip of his range? And then they just uh, saturate it in, in reverb and delay. And he's getting It's like fucking awful. I disagree with you so wholeheartedly. On well, that of course you do, one. because you like Ozzy and I don't. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with Zach Wilde. Are you kidding me? That opened that album and it was from No Rest for the Wicked. And that was the first thing you heard was like Zach. Coming off the ultimate sin with Jake. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, Jake's better. No, no, no. I disagree completely. Zach. Zach. Jake is my favorite Ozzy. Randy, Zach, Jake. Jake, that order. Jake, Randy, Zach. You put Jake above Randy. 
Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Not even. Oh, it's not even a question. Oh my god. I don't. I can't even talk to you. I can't do the show Jake anymore. Jake has better tone. That's for sure. Than who? Than Randy and Zach. Oh no. Yeah. No. No. R- Randy, there's like no low end. Zach, there's too much low end. I can't stand the pinch harmonics too. Was that? All right. Well, then you're fucking lost. So. I hate Miracle Man. I hate you. I know you do, but that doesn't matter. What Ozzy song would you have picked? Not that one. Okay, which one would you have picked? I, give me a minute. There's so many bad albums that came out in the 2000s. I could pick a lot of those. Oh, well, I mean, everything except the first two albums. It gets me through. It gets me through is not a good one. No, you're right. You're right about that. You know, you're definitely right about that. I know you don't like or, Mr. Tinker Train. Yeah, that one sucks. Uh, that I'm uh, never gonna stop, or I'm not gonna stop. That I'm one's a, awful. Ne- never gonna stop's okay. I, I maybe Desire. Not a big fan of Desire. That sounds kind of very formulaic. But it Miracle gets Man me through is really bad. You're right. I'm sorry. I should have picked. It gets me through. Yeah. See, but I, there you go. To me, to me, that record is so like it doesn't even exist. I had to go with something people knew. <laughs> All right, you know what? Mr. Tinker Train is really fucking bad, too. <laughs> I know you don't like that one, so. All right, enough of that. <laughs> it's not much different than the outro. Uh, what do you mean? The the beat that's that's in uh, your version of it's not unusual. Oh no, it's not. It's it's a little faster, but not like as much. far as beats per minute. Yes, but not tremendously faster. Um, it's just like badass. Fuck you! <laughs> Check out that comment. I don't want to stop. Might be one of the worst songs ever. <laughs> I know there's way worse. I don't know. Come on. Love the worst it. songs ever, number one, Abracadabra, number two, Dreams. <laughs> no, number no. three, Fly Like an Eagle. The number one worst song of all time is Abracadabra. The number two worst song is a cover of Abracadabra. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually in Discovered, Sugar Ray. Doing, yes, it is. Doing so, Abracadabra. Yes, it is. Uh, enough of that. All right, we're done. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us again this week. And if you choose to come back next week, it'll be Roger's second birthday celebration. Number two, Uh, Roger, Roger. He's down here looking at me like, what you're talking to me. I'd rather you take me out. Come on. You want to say goodbye to everybody? Roger, come here, buddy. Come on. Oh, big boy. There we go. You're going to be two. Oh, all right. He's, oh, all right. Don't lick the microphone, but he's telling you to tune in next week. He is. He's telling he's telling everybody tune in next week for our next great episode of <laughs> ah! <laughs> All right, anybody who's watching this is getting the fun. I'm not. All right. Come on, get down. All right, stop it. Shut up. Maybe we won't have a birthday party for Roger. You know what I realized Pat Middlestat wasn't here. I, hope, I know I hope, and he like liked right. it and maybe he's I mean, are you okay, Pat? Pat, are you okay? Pat, are you okay? He All we have is really Dennis nice... Smith as comedic relief. 
he sent a really nice message after uh, Nick Bocott was on and said he really enjoyed that. Which it I was a good too. episode. It was a really good episode, and frankly, we need to do some more serious shit every now and again. Yeah, but that was by far and away our best episode. So yes, um, we need more anyway. guests. That's the thing. That's what keeps it interesting. I'm working on it. I'm working on Me it. Me too. So. Well, fine. We should Where's have Brit? Gal Where's Brit? Where's Brit? Brit is still uh, fighting his fight, but he he's can come on well. camera and make fun of you. He could, but you know what, Brit? Brit's like a—he's uh, like a big brother to me. I feel like once you start piling on me, he would actually start defending me. I'll take him down. You—I know you will. That's why I don't want him on here. I wouldn't take him down verbally or physically, for that matter, because he's a drummer and he probably can kick my ass. So, Gall, Gall McCartney should be on though. No. <laughs> no. No, that's not a guest. Hey, Gall McCartney, are you coming to Nam? Paul McCartney, uh, Paul McCartney, Gall Paul McCartney, McCartney. No, Gall Paul McCartney. McCartney needs to be a guest for sure. I, I'm, I'll, I'll ask someone. <laughs> I'll be told no. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys of all ages, girls of all ages, men of all ages, women of all ages. Um, <laughs> next week, Paul McCartney. What if we put out there that Paul McCartney was going to be on the podcast? Yeah. Well, just like have like somebody whose name is like Jim McCartney, but cross out Jim and write Paul in crayon. Yeah. Or just some random person named Paul McCartney. You know, that'd be great. Okay. It's that time. Uh, we're done. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning in and dealing with us for the past two hours because we have nothing better to do with our lives. Um, uh, oh, Gall McCartney is doing signings at NAMM this year. Uh, <laughs> I really hope that that goes well. Uh, Mark, thank you very much. It was a fun show, as always. Uh, those of you that are still around here, if you have not done already, hit subscribe, hit the notification button so you know everything that's happening. This episode in the next half hour will be available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts so you can listen to the audio only because the problem area of our podcasts and shows are what you're seeing on the screen right now. It's us. But our voices are dulcet tones. So if you want to avoid all that altogether, make sure you download the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. And we're going to be doing a giveaway soon because I need to do it. I feel like I feel the need to give something away. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, on that note, we're going to we're going to you didn't we're going to leave my, my weekly pitch. Oh, wait. Yeah. All right. Wait. Hang on one second. We're not done yet. There we go. Nick, where's your store? What, do you, what store do you own? <laughs> Rock City Music Company. Oh, where are you located? Livonia, Michigan, Five Mile in Farmington. And where can we find you? RockCityMusicCo.com and all social media platforms. There you go. <laughs> we got it in now. All yeah. right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.